Welcome to episode five of Around the League, where we're still locked up, but super excited to record our third and final episode of our hypothetical playoff predictions. Today, we're going to break down our Eastern and Western Conference finals, as well as crown our champion. But before we do, let's check in with our boy. Tuan, what's up? Yo, yo. Not much, man. Just uh, enjoying my extended um, Victoria Day weekend. Excited to really see where your head's at with some of these matchups. I know we were back and forth on the first few, and uh, I'm just really excited to see where you go with this, and I want to shoot you down on some of your topics and some of your arguments, but uh, yeah, I just want to see where these, these, uh, these matchups go. Doing this exercise of figuring out the Eastern and Western Conference Finals, as well as the championship, man, it really made me miss what we could have potentially seen in this year's playoffs. Well, there's still a chance, man. They haven't said no yet. And I'm optimistic that hopefully it does come back just because of all the other sports that are slowly but surely uh, ramping back up. I know the Bundesliga just started their the league play uh, this past week. Uh, UFC 249 uh, that was held in Jacksonville. That was really well done. Uh, I got to say, I really enjoyed the how that event kind of uh, went, uh, came through. Uh, I was just really more engaged uh, with the fighters, how the corners were talking and giving advice, and just even the commentary. I think they did a really good job uh, of being able to display the actual like peer, peerness of the sport. You can hear the punches. You can hear the refs. Um, you can even hear the com- like commentators speaking and then the, play- or the fighters acknowledging some of the, the advice or some of the tips that they um, that they're giving out, so I really enjoyed it, and I know NASCAR is back up and running as well. So again, who never knows? Maybe the NBA will uh, come back up within the next month or so. But I'm so optimistic, and we'll see. Yeah, I'm feeling optimistic today as well. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how the NBA creates a fan experience given the circumstances. And given the fact that we're not going to be allowed to have fans at games. And I read something that said there's a network out there that's actually experimenting with virtual fans. And at first I thought it was crazy that they would even be considering that. But they're going to have to figure out little things here and there to create like a good fan experience. And they could definitely mic up the players and mic up the coaches. But my concern with that is, have you ever seen when ESPN or TNT mics up a player, it, su- it sounds super manufactured. And I'd be scared that we wouldn't be getting authentic sound bites from players or coaches, especially coaches because they're always trying to hide, you know, plays and schemes from, from the public. But yeah, what are your thoughts? How do you think the NBA could enhance the fan experience given the circumstances of coronavirus? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to try to implement any sort of yeah, fan experience. I'm just excited to see the players get back on the court and compete at a high level. And I know it's going to be tough with the the rust that they're going to try to uh, play off. But, you know, give them two weeks of a, a mini training camp and then give them a few games in the regular season and to determine kind of the, the final eight uh, spots in each division or each conference. And I think if you give them, let's say, a month to play and then really – go into a seven-game series in the first, second, third round. Um, we're going to see really high-level basketball um, 
So I'm just hoping that they even get to that point where they're putting a product out on the court and that we're able to see. I don't know. I was a little um, reluctant to see how the UFC event was going to go, but it turned out really well. So I'm a, I'm yeah, I'm excited about that and uh, seeing how the NBA is able to just even put players on the floor and see how they compete. Well, yeah, they could use music a little more. I thought I thought of something uh, made me laugh the other day. I was like, they could have like for the Raptor games, they could have Drake on the court doing a little concert while they're playing. <laughs> <laughs> well, even with like um, the Staples Center, you know how the Lakers like dim down the lights, and you really don't notice the fans that much unless the camera is uh, zooming in on them or focusing on them. Um, I think they would just do something like that, where if they are playing in Orlando or if they're playing in Las Vegas, um, they just turn off the lights. Um, around the the stands and just have the lights and uh, everything else just focused on the players themselves. Uh, so then I think you get the purest form of the the game, and it'd be cool to see kind of the guys talk shit. I'm not sure how how well they'll be able to um, cancel out some of the the uh, the conversations that the players are having because I'm sure they're t- shit talking or they're trying to run up plays. But uh, I'll be excited to see what they do with that. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. In all seriousness, I think that if they mic'd up players and coaches, you know, you really don't get that experience unless you're sitting courtside or close yeah. to the court, right? And to have that access, that would be that would be phenomenal. I'm really hoping, or I'm hoping they push for uh, miking up players and coaches for sure. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. It'll give us just another another view of the players and the coaches and how how they interact. You just get another perspective on on the whole thing. Yeah, man. Well, hey, let's jump in. Uh, let's jump into our first matchup. Let's start in the Eastern Conference. Let's Ooh, yeah. uh, let's explore a rematch of last year's Eastern Conference Finals. Toronto Raptors versus the Milwaukee Bucks. And Toronto's a little different this year. You know, they don't have Kawhi. Kawhi did so much for us last year. Or sorry, so I shouldn't say us. So much for Toronto last year uh, in their us. matchup against, <laughs> against Milwaukee. And yeah, this year, Milwaukee's the best team in the league. They hit the ground running. And you would think that going into this matchup, you know, they smell blood and, and they're learning. They're going to hopefully learn from their mistakes last year. Take me through this matchup. Oof. Um, man, this matchup is something I really hope we can see within the next few months or so. But hypothetically speaking, this is uh, a, a matchup really between how well Giannis is able to just enhance his game. Uh, he's having another MVP season. He's probably going to win it if they do um, you know, uh, give out awards this year. Uh, and really, it wasn't even close. Uh, LeBron James... Played a little better uh, in the second half of the season, and there was a little bit of debate there. But really, um, the Milwaukee Bucks are 53 and 12, and they had lost their last three games. So, really, before that, they were 53 and 9, which is insane. They were even having conversation about this team winning 70 games um, during the regular season. Uh, they did lose Bledsoe, who, I, who again, I think um, was the second best player on their team last year. But again, the Raptors lost Kwai and Danny Green. Um, I think this series boils down to if Giannis is able to, again, take that leap forward 
and be a better uh, performer. And if Siakam, who has struggled mightily against Giannis and his size, uh, if he's able to really knock down that three and have a strong perimeter play, because that's going to allow him to attack the basket, run the floor, and really become that uh, that guy to take take that heavy offensive load uh, for the Raptors. I think that matchup between Giannis and Siakam is going to be huge. Um, and I think Middleton's playing, playing because out of his mind, he, he's, uh, part of the 90, 40, 50 club, meaning he's shooting 90% from the free throw line, 40% from the three and 50% from the, uh, just from the field. So that's elite, that's an elite level shooting. And he's gotten better another year under his belt, another all-star campaign, um, and it really, that also depends on if Lowry plays well too. So that's a big matchup there. And I think Lowry with his um, confidence from last year, uh, playing really well this year as well. And again, yeah, it just goes down to those two guys and how the the bench plays as well. Um, and the other guys, kind of the, the role players that um, that are going to take the big step. I think Marcus Hall is a big factor in this whole thing too. He's been real with injuries all season long. And if he's able to stay healthy, he's a huge part of the de- defensive scheme against uh, Giannis. Uh, again, another former defensive player of the year. Uh, and if he's able to stay on the floor and we have Ibaka coming off the bench, that's much better than us having Boucher um, coming off the bench uh, for Ibaka, right? And, you know, I think those are the main factors within this matchup. And, again, the bench players are going to have a big impact on this. We'll see how Pat Connaughton plays, how Wesley Matthews performs, and if Eric Bledsoe can get over that hump, that playoff hump that he's uh, been struggling with the past two, three years with the Bucks. For this matchup, it's pretty simple. You know, history would tell us having the best player in the league will help you go a long way. As a Raptor fan, I saw it so many times with LeBron James, and I think Giannis has got himself to that level this year with the Bucks, And having Giannis playing at having a career best 29, 13, and 5, and having a sidekick like Middleton, who is playing better every single year, it makes it really hard. Um, it, really, it makes it really hard for the Raptors in this particular series. Uh, Milwaukee is also first in the league in points per game. They're scoring like 118 points a game. And they're also first in terms of speed in terms of pace. So per 100 possessions, they are their number one in the league. And Giannis loves to run with the ball. And when they have that combination of Giannis uh, leading the break and their shooters are, are hitting their shots, they're an extremely hard team to beat. But yeah, I mean, there's I have three cases for Toronto in this series. Three reasons why Toronto you know, has a chance. Okay. Number one, even without Kawhi, they have a recipe for what worked last year. And I think what really changed things for them last year was, and it goes back to pace, they did a really good job of slowing down the Bucks, And they were able to pack the paint and make it tough for Giannis to drive to the basket. We forced him to take shots and be a facilitator. And he was uncomfortable. He was uncomfortable with that role, 
Number two, Toronto's just really, really deep. And I feel like Toronto will have to rely on their depth for stopping Giannis because they have so many bodies that they can throw at him. And based on how they've played uh, all year, I feel like Toronto will be able to string together seven or eight guys um, every single game. I'm not sure who it's going to be, but they've shown that they've been able to uh, string together lineups all season. Yeah, uh, man. Um, the one thing I think is important uh, that was demonstrated throughout this regular season was when the Raptors had won 15 straight. Um, they went into the All-Star break as the hottest team in the league. And they were still six, seven games behind Milwaukee. That's how dominant Milwaukee was early on. And then after the All-Star break, um, I would say the Raptors played the Bucks in probably the most anticipated Raptors regular season game ever. You're playing against the top seed, a team that you beat last year. And they were playing at home. So they were playing at Scotiabank. And, you know, the Raptors played well early on. But they weren't able to find someone to come down and make a shot for them. Uh, like Kawhi did last year. Someone who is able to get to a spot, rise up, give you a bucket that changes the momentum of the game. And Siakam just isn't there yet. He did, That's not within his game. His game is a mix of like fast fast break, uh, post moves. Um, he'll spot up from the three once in a while. And he's looking to attack a lot uh, off the dribble. And that's I'm not sure if that's going to work in the playoffs. Because again, he did struggle against Giannis. Giannis is going, probably going to win Defensive Player of the Year. Or be at least a top two uh, candidate for, for that uh, for that award. So I think he cancels out Siakam and he's had massive games against the Raptors. Um, first game, the Raptors lost to Milwaukee early in the season. I believe it was probably the fourth or fifth game of the season. They lost 115-105. Giannis had 36-15-8 and and Siakam had 16-5-1. and So, you know, they, they beat them there and then they beat them again uh, at home. Uh, in the in the game that I just that I mentioned, Sakin played well. He had 22 points, but on on a lot of shots. And Giannis had 19, 19, and eight. So that matchup is going to be tough for Siakam. I think to get his offense going, um, he's going to have to play really, really well against Giannis. Uh, so I think this goes down to how well Kyle is able to match up, match up against Milton and how. While Bledsoe plays um, in crunch time, and he, if he's able to make any shots, we we would need Siakam to be at that point where we can guarantee an automatic bucket from him. And I just don't think he's there yet. And I would hate to put Kyle Lowry in that role because he he definitely exceeded his expectations this year as being more of a scorer. But we've seen him year after year after year in the playoffs where we put him in a scoring uh, a scoring role. And he just wasn't up. To, he wasn't able to live up to those expectations. I don't think Kyle's fit for the job uh, to be in that Kawhi-like position this year or this time around. And I just don't think Siakam's there. Um, I think he's still got a lot of room to grow, and I'm sure he will. But right now, I can't lean on that guy for an automatic bucket. See, for Toronto, like for them to win, it's got to be a collective effort every single night. And I said I had three reasons why. Um, I think Toronto has a chance, and I didn't mention the third. The third would be coaching. 
And I think that um, Nick Nurse has the ability to definitely get the most out of his players. And I, there's no doubt in my mind that he'd be able to get the most out of the Raptors throughout this whole season, or sorry, this whole series. Um, and look at the other four, look at the other three teams that are in the Eastern and Western Conference Finals right now. The Lakers got LeBron and AD. The Clippers have Kawhi and Paul George. Yeah. Milwaukee has uh, Giannis and Middleton. I just don't think that the Raptors have the star power, but I do. Th- I do think that they have a really strong collective group. But I don't think that they're going to be um, strong enough to get past Milwaukee in this series. Yeah, damn! I didn't know you were uh, you were going to be saying that, but I agree with everything you said there. That's a really good point. Um, I love Siakam. I love how he's grown into becoming, you know, an All Star starter, most likely a second team All NBA guy, or at least a third. And he's shown like significant growth in the last two three years. Um, I just think it's not um, their year. Um, just because he's not where you need him to be. And again, he just doesn't have that one move that he can just get to a spot, rise up like Kawhi would, and then just calm everyone down. If they're, if the other team's on a 7-0 run, or if you need a bucket um, late in the game, who do you go to? You can't go to Lowry. He's not going to get the calls when he's driving into the bucket. And same with Siakam. Um, he just hasn't earned that yet. And I think Giannis is just playing on another level. Um, and again, the Raptors do have that collective, um, uh, team that they can put in, you know, they can play like the Spurs in the, in the early 20, what, 11, 12, 13, uh, season where everyone's involved. Um, if Norman Powell's making shots, if Fred Van Vliet can get hot, go for whatever, five, six threes in a game, uh, steal one in Milwaukee. And then if they're able to, um, hold down the fort at Scotiabank and, you know, be able to win win those vitals game at home and steal one in Milwaukee, you never know. But for for me, I think it's just Milwaukee just has too much experience now. Uh, they're a year stronger with Mike Boonholzer, who is a really, really strong coach. And again, he does have that playoff success, not, not to the final success or championship success, but I think um, his time with the Spurs, Atlanta, and now with the Bucks. Um, I think it's their time to to go to the finals. And, you know, the Raptors will put up a valiant effort, but I think they lose in six. Yeah, I, f- I feel I feel dirty just uh, just saying that <laughs> Toronto's going to lose this year. I feel like I need to take a shower. I feel like I'm selling selling my soul right now. Let's let's just talk about how much they've exceeded everyone's expectations this year. I want to say as a Raptor fan, as a Raptor homer, that I'm sure that they'll exceed our expectations in this playoff series. And I feel like they'll give Milwaukee a serious run for their money. And therefore, I have uh, Milwaukee winning in seven. Yeah, no, I could totally see that too. Um, yeah, man. I, even as a, as a massive fan and knowing the team from last year, and who 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 was on the team this year and the personnel that they had? I didn't. I wasn't even expecting the Raptors to be um, in this position as a second seed, um, being what was the record? Forty six and eighteen. Uh, I think that I think Vegas had them as um, a forty seven team, uh, went or seven forty seven win team um, this year, 
And a lot of experts and even their former head coach had them at the uh, at the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference Finals behind like Atlanta. You know, shit like that. Like, it just makes me like think, like, man, what the fuck's going on? But even for myself, I didn't think they would be the top, like a top two seed. I thought they'd be battling for the fourth, fifth seed, and then you know having to face Milwaukee um, in the in the second round. Uh, but yeah, man, I think um, you know again the coaching staff, what Masai is able to bring, uh, their development of the the nine oh five G League team. Like what a what a no one really expected Fred Van Vliet, Chris Boucher, uh, Siakam to turn into these type of players, and there was never a um, a, a blueprint for that. Having these G League guys come in and make an impact on a championship team, like they won a championship with G League guys being their two of their top five players, and um, that's that's a resounding success for that franchise. And I'm excited to see what happens um, next year if we don't get uh, these actual playoffs uh, to see where they go. I know that the core team is aging a little bit, but they still have Siakam. They still have Fabian Vliet. They still have OG. They still have Norman Powell. Um, and, you know, I have, like, full confidence in Masai to draft some dude in the 29th with the 29th pick and, you know, have him start in two years. So I'm excited for that. But... Yeah, I think it's just Milwaukee's time and um, Giannis' ascension into uh, basically superstardom. Yeah, let's not turn this into a Toronto love fest. But the last <laughs> thing I want to say is um, I think that this year was very validating for the players. I think it was very validating for the front office that they're going in the right direction in terms of their philosophy. You know, they don't need to rebuild. Mm-hmm. All they need to do is find a piece or two. And it's very probable that we'll be back fighting for a title again. Yeah. And who knows if Milwaukee loses in the finals and Giannis is not happy. He's got a home in Toronto. You know, we're making that cap room for him in 2021. So, you know, uh, a coupling superstars of Siakam and Giannis Antetokounmpo in a Raptors jersey. Who knows? We'll see. We should be flying him down to the taste of Danforth. (laughs) <laughs> Greek food yeah. festival that would win yeah. him over I'm sure they're not oh. doing that in Milwaukee oh definitely not we, man yo we have a huge Greek uh, Greek uh, fan base here I, I know when we ho- like host those type of uh, events at the Scotiabank they, they come out in uh, in handful so uh, you never know you never know you know Masai the, the African god so he might be able to pull some strings there but we'll see where are they going to take Giannis in Milwaukee? The uh, Miller Light Festival? <laughs> yeah, let's not, let's not make this a, a trip into Milwaukee. Never been there, but, you know, wouldn't mind uh, going when uh, the Raptors play one time. Let's move on. We got Milwaukee going to the finals, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we had to take our jabs. Let's, let's, move on to the, uh, let's move on to the Western Conference Finals. Probably the most anticipated matchup of the playoffs, most anticipated matchup of the year, uh, probably would have had higher ratings than the finals itself. And I'm just, it's a matchup that I'm so sad that we may not be able to see. The Lakers versus the Clippers. And I think the overall question for this matchup is which superstar combo will shine? Neither team has an answer for each other's duos. And 
The Lakers lack the backcourt, but the Clippers lack the frontcourt. So Tuan, how do you see it playing out? Yeah, this series really comes down to the two superstars that you mentioned. So LeBron James and Anthony Davis versus Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Um, Kawhi Leonard coming off a finals MVP uh, postseason last year. Paul George um, still hurting here and there. He has shoulder issues. So he hasn't had a full season to really get integrated with the team, but they're still 44 and 20. Um, they're still a dominant team. And then on the other side, you have LeBron James. Um, I would say the best player in the league today um, until he's been, I don't, I don't think you could say Kawhi is a better player. Um, and then you have Anthony Davis, who again is a, you know, superstar, one of the best bigs in the league, but He's never gone out of the first round of the playoffs. So I think that is the biggest advantage that the, the the Clippers have over the Lakers is just playoff experience. Now with Paul George leading um, Indiana to the playoffs before having his, you know, uh, matchup with LeBron James. But now he has Kawhi Leonard to really lock down LBJ. And I think... Um, Doc Rivers and his coaching staff are going to do everything they can to just put as many guys up uh, and guarding LeBron James, like putting Kawhi Leonard, putting different, um, like Paul George, uh, Marcus Morris, uh, Harrell on LeBron James just to give him different looks. And then making AD kind of the focal point on offense and seeing how how he performs. Uh, Because he hasn't been able to show that he's able to put together a full series um, to, to even come out of the first round. And we'll see. It really depends on if his perimeter game is, um, you know, firing on, on all cylinders, uh, if he's able to run the floor uh, well. But they also, like the Clippers have Montrez Harrell, who's going to show the same amount of energy uh, that AD is going to try to provide. And I think, yeah, I think AD is going to be the weakest link out of those four. And I think that's where the advantage goes to the Clippers. Um, man, yeah, can't say enough about Kawhi. He's arguably the, the best defensive player in the league. Uh, even if he doesn't win the actual award, I think players and coaches and people within the league know how how big of a defensive impact he has. And let's not forget about Paul George. He, he is also another great two-way player who's going to give you 25 and give you first-team all-NBA defensive uh, ability right so um, Los Angeles uh, Clippers really versatile uh, they'll switch on everything and yeah just such a scary defensive team I think that's where the Clippers also have the advantage where they're just just unreal there's just juggernauts on the defensive defensive side and again they're not gonna be able to stop LeBron they'll, they'll you know um, force him to make other guys shoot the ball well, like if Danny Green, Avery Bradley, Kuzma, or KCP are able to hit shots, then this is a close series. But if those role guys aren't able to, able to perform, then I don't think they um, they have a chance. And I really like the Clippers. I like their the makeup of their team, uh, the personnel, the coaching staff. They have Doc Rivers, who has faced LeBron James before and beaten him before. And they have Ty Lue 
who again is LeBron's former coach, so he knows his tendencies, he knows the way he likes to play, and they just have the personnel to to at least um, contain LeBron in a sense that he's not going to be able to drop 30, 10, and 10 every night. Uh, he's going to have to make the other guys on his team uh, make those shots. So that's where I'm at with it. What are, what are your thoughts, Nav? Yeah, I mean, Kawhi Leonard. We've witnessed him in the playoffs before. You know, he'll guard your best player and carry the load offensively with minimum output from the rest of the team. We literally witnessed that for an entire playoff run and championship run last year. Uh, Now he's got PG beside him and a really, really deep team. The Lakers are not deep. Like, who's their third option? Like, can you really rely on Kuzma to consistently give you 15 to 20 in this series when he's been being guarded by either Beverly, Kawhi, or Paul George? Like, not not. a chance. And the Clippers have next-level depth. Kawhi and PG can play together or separately. Like, the Clippers were 7-1 without PG in the lineup, in the starting lineup this year. And then you got several guys who you can just count on to give you these scoring surges. Maybe not every game, but Lou Williams can definitely give you 20 to 25 points on a streaky game, either once or twice in this series. And he plays really well with Harrell when they're together. Mm -hmm. So that's a little dynamic duo within their team, not including Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And then this is, you might think this sounds crazy, but they only had Reggie Jackson for nine games this season. And I think Reggie Jackson is capable of giving you 20 points in one of those playoff games. Hmm. You know, he, he's capable of, of running a team and he did it with Detroit. He maybe didn't do it very effectively, but he's capable of being a starting point guard in the league for some yeah. team. And he's going to he's definitely going to be capable of running a second unit on minimum minutes. So, I think that uh I think that they just have too many people on that team. I like if I were to make a case for the Lakers, they have they do have player experience. LeBron, Danny Green, Rondo, even Dwight Howard. But even mm-hmm. mentioning those other three guys just supports why they don't have a chance against the Clippers. <laughs> yeah, it does feel uh, right. It doesn't feel right. I mean, in terms of a narrative, I think that I'd really like to see the Lakers get through in this in this series because of, you know, just paying a tribute to Kobe Bryant and what he would mean for the organization. Never been much of a Lakers fan, but they definitely developed a bit of a soft spot with me this series or this season. So I would love to see it happen. I think LeBron is capable of uh, some heroic games, and therefore I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that it's going to be a sweep or even go to five games. I do see it going to six and seven, but at the end of the day, the Lake, the Clippers just have way too much. Yes, the I have the same thing. I have the Clippers winning in six. And we still have to remind ourselves that L.A. is still obviously a Lakers city. And they both play at Staples. So even during the regular season, the the Lakers had an advantage um, throughout all three games that they played. Because their fans just are much more active and just a little crazier um, uh, when when attending, uh, attending these games. And Clippers fans, you know, they're... 
There are not that many of them, obviously, uh, until recently with Lob City and then uh, these core players now. But uh, LA is always going to be a Laker city, and their fans are always going to come out and rep hard. And I think that's probably one advantage that the Lakers may have is having that fan base and having that um, that that energy from the crowd that that can give them a lift uh, late in games. But yeah, uh, LeBron James still you know still the best player in the league. Uh, but I think just a collective group uh, for the Clippers having just um, a very very scary defensive scheme arounding uh, around LeBron and then making AD um, the focal point. I think the Clippers uh, win this in six. Yeah, I mean the Clippers don't have much to really worry about because when your task is to throw all your resources at stopping LeBron and AD and you just have a shitload of resources that you can that you can play with i mean they they just have too many pieces that they can throw at these guys to stop them yeah yeah and like i said just the coaching advantage too it's really doc rivers and ty lu versus frank vogel and jason kidd i think that's a big big advantage for the clippers too just with the experience that they that they have with lebron and um how they're able to uh, draw up those defensive schemes and put Kawhi and Paul George in the best offensive uh, positions uh, for them to succeed, like succeed. And yeah, again, they have we we're forgetting like Patrick Beverly is a huge part in this whole thing. He's able to you know be the ferocious defender and just cut the guy that gives them the the, the energy that they need um, in the starting lineup. I think that's huge for them. So yeah, I like the Clippers here. I thought there'd be a little bit more friction in these first two matchups. I thought you and I were going to. Uh, I thought you and I were gonna. At, I thought I thought you were gonna take the Lakers. To be honest, really, I don't know, man. Maybe just my 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 firsthand experience watching Kawhi, but also we've we've seen LeBron torch the Raptors for four playoff series. So I've seen both both of them. Uh, you know. Uh, in important games and important moments throughout different series against the Raptors or with the Raptors. And I just think for the present time um, in this moment, just the Clippers are just a better, well-rounded team that have the matchup to to beat the Lakers. I, I, I think it's really matchup-wise, um, Clippers are just uh, better in a lot of aspects. And if the Lakers were playing any other team in the West, they're in the finals. But they just match up poorly against uh, the Clippers. And yeah, we see um, Milwaukee and the Clippers uh, make a finals appearance. For the Larry OB. Yeah, the Larry OB. So we got we got our finals matchup set. We, yep. have, we have the LA Clippers versus the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, we've, seen the, we've seen the matchup before, Kawhi Leonard versus Giannis Attentacumpo. Kawhi shut Giannis down when he was when he was with the Raptors. He he found a way to stop that guy, and the Raptors were able to win four in a row. I think Giannis has a bad taste in his mouth from that matchup. And Tuan, I would love to hear you make a case for either Milwaukee or LA. Like you mentioned, um, Kawhi is known as the Giannis stopper. Um, 
with Game 3 and onwards from last year's uh, playoff series with the Raptors and uh, the Bucks. Uh, put like Nick Nurse putting uh, Kawhi Leonard on Giannis changed the whole um, aspect of that series. Uh, just slowing him down because um, Siakam wasn't able to just because he's not as strong and not as quick. Uh, so I think that that applies to this series too, where you have, you can put Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and even like Montres Harrell on Giannis. So again, you, you just have so much different uh, types of personnel and different types of players that have different uh, unique defensive skills that if you're able to throw three, four guys up against Giannis, it's going to be really hard for him to um, get his, like get his own uh, buckets, but also just playmaking for his, his team. He's again, he's a, he's averaging like five assists per game, but are you really going to depend on Eric Bledsoe, Wesley Matthews, Brooke Lopez, and Chris Middleton to, to make those shots when they need to, uh, they weren't able to last year against the Raptors. And I'm not sure if they are able to with this type of, um, defensive, uh, team that the Clippers have. Um, Giannis is probably the best player in this in this series, but you know the Lake the, the Clippers have Leonard and George and um, those guys are just so much better than Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez. So um, yeah, I think they just have too much defensive uh, play or too much defensive uh, strategies to to stop Giannis for him to get going, and I don't believe that the the role players on Milwaukee will be able to uh, come through um, in, in a finals matchup. And I, I really like the Clippers. Uh, they're just, they're a matchup nightmare for every team. And, and I think the matchup that we should discuss here, the key matchup, would be Paul George versus Chris Middleton. Um, again, Paul George has been hurt uh, all season. Uh, you know, maybe this... This uh, this break gives him a little bit of chance to recover, and he is able to get to uh, back to his you know peak uh, performance with uh, with OKC. But then also, Miss Chris, Chris Milton is playing really well this year. As I alluded to earlier, he's in the 90, 40, 50 club, and he's shooting lights out. So if Milton is able to really be that second fiddle again, we we haven't seen him be able to play that second role well. Maybe a third role or a third option role, but he hasn't been able to really be that guy. And they don't have Brogdon this year who's able to kind of settle things down a little bit better. He's a better floor general than um, Chris Middleton would be. And yeah, I don't think the the Clippers, or sorry, I don't think the Bucks uh, just are able to find the, the, the offense they'll need to, uh, to score late in games against the, the Clippers. And yeah, I have... I have the Clippers in this series here, but I want to hear your your thoughts on on who you think wins this and uh, what it comes down to. Yeah, I think not having Brogdon is really, really going to hurt them because I think that Brogdon would have done a really good job with the defensive pressure that Patrick Beverly brings to the table. I think that Brogdon's a really sound point guard, and I think that he would have done a really good job of initiating offense despite that that ball pressure that Beverly is going to give you. I don't have that kind of faith with um, Eric Bledsoe. I don't think that Eric Bledsoe 
is sound enough as a point guard to sort of keep that team composed with the type of brawl with the type of ball pressure that the Clippers give you. Not even with just uh, Patrick Beverly, but also Kawhi and Paul George. They're gonna have to really, really rely on Giannis, like they always do. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. This season, Milwaukee won both games against the Clippers, but Giannis scored twenty-seven. And he scored 38. I don't think Kawhi Leonard played in that second game. Uh, Kawhi and PG didn't play in the very first game. But that game okay. that game was 129-124. And Harrell and Lou Williams had 35 each for the Clippers. So that shows their depth too. That, that adds on to what you were saying before, how they have strong bench play. And yeah, the Clipper, or the Bucks barely beat the Clippers um, in the first matchup. But then in the second matchup... Kawhi did play, and he didn't play very well. Right. There you go. Like, I think that the Clippers are built in such a way that they can sort of use the exact same recipe that the Raptors used last year. I feel like they could, they have the pieces to legitimately play the Bucks the exact same way the Raptors played them last year in terms of how they could contain Giannis. And that puts such immense pressure on Middleton. And... He definitely got better this year compared to last year, as we saw throughout the regular season. But in terms of being, he would almost turn into a primary option because of the way that they can um, they can throw bodies at Giannis. And if you're going to if you're going to put that much pressure on Middleton, I mean, we just haven't seen it yet, right? So yeah. th- I feel like the odds are stacked against him in this situation. Yeah, the, the Clippers do have a very similar um, personnel to the Raptors last year where, you know, you have Kawhi Leonard as your go-to guy and then you have Paul George playing that Siakam role where he can give you 20 points per game and really play that versatile uh, wing defender or even play uh, play post-up defense against the likes of like Lopez and um, his brother Robin, right? And then uh, you have... Patrick Beverly, who's kind of that pesky defender, similar to Lowry, obviously doesn't have that same offensive repertoire and that that leadership uh, style. But they're very similar similar players who you hate them when they're on the on on the other team, but you love them when when they're on your team, right? And then you have Harrell, who's playing a lot of energy, playing great defense, and he reminds me of of our like our own Abaka. Who's gonna give exactly. you, you know, give you that energy from a massive defensive block? Um, and man, a lot of times throughout last year, Abaka had major blocks on Giannis that kind of, you know, turned the tide uh, on some of those possessions. Um, and again, that was a group collective effort. Uh, and yeah, I like I like the way the Clippers are constructed. I think they are built to win in this type of. Um, series, and yeah, they're just they're just built so well defensively. I'm just it's just a scary matchup defensively. But you also you got to give it to Milwaukee too. They they are the number one defensive team in the league, um, and that you know boils down to what Giannis is able to do just with his length. He's really a center uh, playing as a point guard sometimes, but really able to run the floor like a gazelle has that reach to dunk on you from the free throw line and his you know he's shooting a lot more threes and I think 
as he progresses in that aspect of his game, uh, just being a more comfortable three-point shooter, um, trying to shoot over 30%. And if, he, if he's able to get to like league average, then, man, you, you never know. And if he's able to get streaky, hit a few threes, and then they have to respect his shot a little more, that opens up the whole thing, um, like hope opens up the whole floor for all the other guys, which might make it easier for Chris Melton to have a breakout game or Brooke Lopez to drop seven threes in a game, and you never know. But um, when you look at just the regular match, regular season matchup, uh, the history and the experience that Kawhi and Paul George have on performing at a very high level in the playoffs, and then even the coaching matchup, uh, I give the the edge to the Clippers in this one. And I think they win in six. Yeah, like, don't get me wrong. You know, history has shown us a superstar can get you to the finals. You can have a subpar team, but if you have the best player in the entire league that season, you can get to the finals. But once you're in that situation and you're going up against a team that also has a top three player in the entire league, but supported by a more comprehensive team and a deeper team, I'm taking that. I'm taking that team nine times out of ten, and that's what the Clippers are. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like what Giannis is doing right now reminds me of what um, LeBron did for a few years, where he was just the the guy that would, you know, will his team to the finals, but they just didn't have enough fire, firepower to, you know, go go up against. The Spurs or go against yeah get the Spurs for for three finals and then go 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 up against Golden State. So you know we we've seen um, Giannis play well and you know still pl- play pretty well in the uh, playoffs in the playoffs. It's just yeah the the Clippers just have too much firepower and just the the matchup again here is just too overwhelming for them to to get through and yeah. Uh, hypothetically crowning the Clippers as the 2019-2020 champion and Kawhi winning his third finals MVP with his third different team cementing him as a top 10 player of all time at whatever the age of 28-29 whatever he's at right now and I think he continues building on that and um, have another strong chance of repeating uh, the following year. I have to definitely agree with you. And it hurts to say, you know, he left the Raptors for greener pastures in his eyes. And, you know, the Clippers did a really good job of putting pieces around him, even though they mortgaged their entire future. Um, and I think that in this given scenario, based on, based on the matchups that, that we explored, I think, they, I think they prevail against both the Lakers and the Bucks. And, you know, Milwaukee has some off-season, off-season, uh, issues that they're definitely going to have to address. Will they be able to keep Giannis, mm-hmm. um, etc.? But at the end of the day, the Clippers win the 2020 NBA Finals, and I think that just this helps cement uh, Kawhi's legacy as one of the greatest players. Yep, yep. Nope. That's it's tough to see as a Raptors fan, but it's nice to um, know that you know he came through. He helped our team win the ultimate prize that, you know, we'll be able to just enjoy for the rest of our lives, you know, just talk about and watch videos on. And yeah, I think he does the same with the Clippers fan. He's just 
comes to these organizations that have been bottom feeders for so long and haven't been able to put anything together. And I think he does the same with the Clippers and their their like poor track record of being able to perform. I don't think they've ever made a NBA Finals as a team, even, even as a part of the San Diego Clippers and now the Los Angeles Clippers. I don't think they ever made the Finals or they have a streak of uh, a really poor poor play in the playoffs too. So again, if he's able to lift that franchise from from the depths of hell that they've been able to overcome with all that Donald Sterling stuff and you know all the shit that went down with Lob City too. Um, he's going to you know probably have you know the the accolades and everything uh, when his career is all done with or all done with to you know to match up with the the best of all time. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. I didn't expect I didn't expect our uh, our playoffs to uh, end this way. I thought we would definitely be butting heads and at some capacity. But yeah, you got to give it to the Clippers. They're they're damn good. They're scary. Yeah, they're scary, man. Like, yeah, they're scary. What like even just hypothetically speaking, this Clippers team, I think, is better than the the championship Raptors team from last year. Um. I'm not sure how much better, but yeah, they, they, they play similarly. Obviously, they have Kawhi as you know the lead guy there, but then having PG and then having that supporting cast with the Clippers. Um, they're, yeah, they're similar teams. They, they play similar defensively, and uh, they have kind of the similar personnel, but yeah, I, I like the Clippers here too. Yeah, man. Well, this, this, whole, this whole series was a lot of fun. It was cool running through these hypothetical matchups, and let's just hope that maybe we get a we get a glimpse of the playoffs sooner than later. Yeah, no, that's still a possibility. So I'm I'm hoping and I'm optimistic. So we'll see uh, if they do, man. I'm I'm gonna be so stoked, and it'd be nice to um, do pods on actual games. Yeah, appreciate everyone that's listening. We hope you enjoyed this series, and we will. Hit you with some more content sooner than later. Take care. All right, man.